Welcome again to uh, Helping Others to Freedom. And this particular session, we're going to look at the huge subject of forgiveness. And unforgiveness and bitterness is one of the major obstacles and blockages for people moving into the freedom of the life that is in Christ. And therefore, a key to deliverance and healing is this foundational aspect of forgiveness. Of course, in relationship with God, forgiveness is so important, isn't it? It's the foundation of how we relate to God because we have now been forgiven, our sins have been covered. But Jesus also taught in the Sermon on the Mount that if we are to know the fullness of the blessing of that forgiveness from God, we ought to forgive others. Um, then we will know that flowing to us. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12 in the Lord's Prayer, um, the Lord Jesus instructed us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And of course the disciples wanted their sins forgiven like all of us would, but they appeared to struggle with this concept of forgiving other people. And so Jesus had to reiterate this a few verses later in chapter 6 of Matthew uh, down to verse 14 15 for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses and later on in chapter 18 jesus was asked by peter well how often do you need to forgive someone and thinking he was being very over generous um, peter offered the suggestion seven times is, is that enough now, the background to that is the rabbis, they uh, said, forgive someone three times, but not a fourth. Fourth is unacceptable and going too far. Whereas Jesus' response to Peter was, seven times? No, 70 times seven, Peter. And that's, of course, 490 if you're good at your maths. But the idea was not at 491, then you can be unforgiving towards a person and do what you like to them. No, the, the concept rather was, Stop counting how many times you forgive someone, Peter, and just keep on forgiving. Now, there's a spiritual principle here. That if we want to know the continuous blessing of the love and benefits of the forgiveness of God that we have by grace, but if we want to receive that on a constant basis, we need to be continually forgiving others. Otherwise, when we ask God to forgive us our sins, um, we're asking him to do something that we're not prepared to do for others and we become trapped in our own hypocrisy uh, with grave spiritual and personal consequences and Jesus in Matthew 18 told the parable of the unforgiving servant and I'll take time to go into all the details except to say there was a servant that was forgiven a huge debt by the king by the judge and yet when he went out having been forgiven his large debt he found someone who owed him a small debt and he wouldn't forgive him the small debt. In fact, he hounded him and saw that his life was destroyed for it. And of course, the judge, the king, heard about this. And the commentary that Jesus gives in this story at the end of Matthew chapter 18, it's verses 34 and 35. And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You will never know true freedom. In fact, you'll be tormented. That's what Jesus says. The master was angry and delivered this man over to the tortures um, until he paid 
his debt that was due. And so the idea is that we get caught in the prison of our unforgiveness. There is a torture chamber of bitterness, even for a Christian, if we will not forgive others. It's like the enemy gets a right over our mind and hearts when we don't forgive. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And this was a story, the background of it was this man had committed grievous sexual immorality, he committed incest, and Paul encouraged the uh, believers in Corinth to put him out of the fellowship of the church, and then he repented so deeply But the people wouldn't let him back in because Paul told them to put him out and they wouldn't let him back in. And Paul says, no, you've got to forgive him now. If he's truly repentant, you've got to forgive him. Let Satan get an advantage over us. And you see, Satan can overreach us, overtake us when we are unforgiving and bitter towards others. And so what this is really teaching us in Scripture is that our reaction to our offenders can do as much damage to us, uh, perhaps, than the original offence itself. Think about that for a moment. We can be imprisoned, tortured by bitterness and unforgiveness. And it's not just as a consequence of conscious unforgiveness. There could be things that are buried in our minds that happened years ago. We don't even realise they're there. They're deeply hidden in our hearts. We, We perhaps suppress them and they're buried, but we're on unaware of of the effects we're oblivious to how these are impacting us right now in this moment peter harbin in his great book forgiveness the master key uh, to deliverance and um, he gives an analogy that our lives are like buildings with many rooms like a house and each contains memories um, each room contains memories of important events in our lives and some doors are open to those rooms And they're open all the time and we can happily go in and enjoy the memories these contain. But other doors are closed and even locked because there is pain associated with those memories. Some of those rooms are named trauma, rejection, betrayal, abuse, disloyalty, divorce, accidents, mistakes. We could go on. But because we don't know how to resolve these painful memories behind the closed doors, we lock them up. But as the years go by, it, it becomes harder to cover up the hurt inside. And it's as if um, so many doors can be locked at times that we have little living space left. And often what happens is the mess behind those doors starts to seep out from under the locked doors. And we can't hide anymore. We begin to crumble. So you try to cover up. You try to carry on as if nothing is happening. But everyone can see the mess And the only way that the mess can be cleared up is to open the door to go inside. The problem is, very often, the key has been thrown away. We don't know how to get in. We don't know how to fix it. The good news of the gospel of the kingdom is Jesus has given us the master key of forgiveness. And he wants us to use it and he will come into that room with us through that open door and help us clean up and bring the healing that we need. But we need to say Yes, to forgiveness for that to happen. So let's talk a little bit about the master key of forgiveness. Some of the blockages to us forgiving others, let's explore those. 
Here's the first one. Let me tell you a story about a girl and I have permission to share this story. And she was about to go down a list of people she needed to forgive in her life and there was quite a few. And as we prayed, there was like a moment where she couldn't speak and I wondered, was there something supernatural going on? Was it demonic force hindering her or what it was? But after a little while, she said to me, David, how can I forgive these people if I can't forgive myself? I don't forgive myself for what I did. And that can be a real struggle for some people. Where we're punishing ourselves There's guilt and shame over things that took place in the past. It may not have been something you did yourself, but something that was done to you. It might even be the guilt of another that was transferred to you by their acts against you. Um, Maybe you feel, "I, I don't deserve God's forgiveness. And many of the people we're ministering to, this applies to all of us, but will certainly apply to people we're praying with. Sometimes they need to put myself at the top of the list of people to forgive. You know, it's very hard to offer forgiveness to others when we have not truly received of the forgiveness that God offers us unconditionally. A second name that might need to go on that list that can be a great blockage to us forgiving is when we have resentment toward God. Now, it's not that we can forgive God as if he ever does anything wrong, but we can have resentment toward him and harbour feelings of anger, bitterness. We may have built a wall between us and God. We might blame God for things that have happened in our past, some tragedy or some disappointment. When God didn't do something we were asking him to do or when he didn't come through to protect us when we needed him. Now, often, and we'll not get into this whole realm, we discount free will when we blame God on certain things. Because God created us with autonomy, the ability to make choices that actually have consequences that hurt other people. And when we enter into relationships, we discover this so so painfully at times. Isn't that right? Other people can make choices that affect us and it damages us, but it's not God's fault. And because he's made us free, that is a consequence of our freedom if we don't want to be robots or slaves. So maybe we need to actually bring to God the thoughts that we have against him and put that on the list. Ask him to forgive us. Let God release him from our own resentment and allow him to show us what the case really was and what the truth of the matter is. So there's ourselves on the list. There's God. Then there's the healing of memories that can so often be a blockage to forgiveness. I've spoken to people in the past and they've tried over and over and over again to forgive someone and declared it. I forgive so-and-so for what they did to me and I bless them. But deep down, they're not getting that release that they long for. And it could be that there's healing needed for memories, that the memories are so powerful, so devastating that they still They're still stuck, as it were, in those historic events and tied in a kind of way to those people. We'll talk about that a little bit later in our next session when we we delve into the idea of heart ties or soul ties, as some people call them. But very often we need to invite Jesus into the memory, whatever that memory is, even though it may be very traumatic. Now, I'm not talking about re-traumatizing a person by getting them to relive the trauma, not at all. But... But the effects of what happened, the traumatic effects and where they are, mostly just after those events, we need to invite Jesus in and maybe even watch to see what he does. And one of the greatest miraculous things I've ever seen happen um, is how Jesus comes supernaturally to people in their mind, uh, in their memory, and actually walks in and releases them from the power 
of those toxic things in the past. And that can pave the way for people then to freely forgive someone. It might be that you have to do it 70 times 7 because there's perpetual offence, but eventually you will find that there will be an emotional healing that will come. A fourth blockage is the idea that, well, if I actually attribute blame to someone like my parents, because very often it's our parents we need to forgive, well, does that mean I'm dishonouring my father and the mother and, and breaking the commandment? Well, listen, you can honour your parents even when they exhibit dishonourable behaviour. You can honour your parents even when they exhibit dishonourable behaviour, but being in denial is not to honour your parents. And it might be your parents, it might be a spouse, it might be a child, it might be a friend. But it's important to understand that when you state the truth about a situation, you're not dishonouring, you're not putting it in the local newspaper, you're not broadcasting it on Facebook, but you're just talking between you and God and maybe another person that's ministering to you or you're the person ministering to another. And confidentiality is vitally important, so important. But that is not dishonouring. And maybe you have got the wrong perspective on that issue and there's not as much to forgive or maybe you misunderstood a person. We well, have to submit yourself to the Lord so that he might change your perspective on the truth. So as he might show you what the real situation is. But don't let that be a blockage, the thought of dishonouring a parent or a spouse. Let me explore some misunderstandings around forgiveness because one of the great blockages is people don't really conceive what true forgiveness is. They misunderstand it for something else. First of all, let me say that forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. That old adage, forgive and forget, is a nonsense. You cannot forget something that has been deeply traumatic and painful. God doesn't even forget our sins. He chooses to remember them no more, which means he doesn't bring up a record of wrongs. But he certainly doesn't forget why Jesus died on the cross and, and what this whole bother's been about and why the world is in such a mess. So, some people are trying to work at forgetting and, and, and feel that they haven't forgiven because they haven't forgotten. Please, let that one go. The goal is not to forget. The goal is to actually forgive and get to the point where actually you can remember some of the things in the past without the pain, bitterness and resentment. A second misunderstanding is that we can live without bearing the consequences of other people's sins and actions. And I've touched a little bit on that when we talked about free will. This doesn't mean that we're irresponsible now and we stay in abusive situations or we're careless in danger. I don't mean that. We should not tolerate sin or abuse in that kind. But whether we like it or not, we do have to live with the consequences of what other people do to us. The only choice we have is whether you will live in the bondage of bitterness or the freedom of forgiveness. And no one genuinely forgives without suffering the pain of another's sin. Let's face it, if it's really something worth forgiving, it's been a painful experience to start with. When Jesus was on the cross, and this is the greatest example we can have of this, he didn't have to wait till other people were sorry for what they did, but he pronounced in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And so often there is this myth in Christian circles, well, there has to be repentance before there can be forgiveness. That's not the case. God offers us forgiveness now because of what Jesus does. The offer is there. It's there in the gospel. We must receive it through 
repentant faith, yes. That's us coming into the benefits of it, but it's there already through the love of Jesus on the cross. And in the same way, we as Christians are to offer that forgiveness even when people don't see they've done something wrong and they may not be repentant either. Some will say, well, where's the justice with that? Well, the justice is with God, not with us. It's with God where it should be because we can't dispense justice. So that brings us on to the third misunderstanding. Forgiveness is not letting people off the hook. That's important to understand. Romans 12 verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And so it's not letting people off the hook, but it's putting them on God's hook and deciding, God, I'm getting out of the way, you be judged, because I can't sit on the seat of judgment myself. People might say, well, but you don't know what they've done. Well, I don't, but God does. And Jesus does, and Jesus understands practically. First Peter 2, 23 and 24, Peter said, Who, speaking of Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus had an opportunity to return against what was coming against him, but he chose not to. And he delivered up all the injustices, all the wrongs that were happening to him at the cross, to God, his Father, so that he would judge it righteously. And what Jesus was doing is showing us as a man how to deal with wrong with offence, with hurt. If we harbour it ourselves, we become embittered and become sin in us. But when we let it go like Jesus did, we're okay. And actually God does the judging in his time and in his way. Here's a fourth thing. People misunderstand it, thinking that uh, forgiveness is a feeling. But forgiveness is not essentially a feeling, but an act of the will. If you wait till you feel like it, guess what? You'll never do it. You must choose to forgive by your volition as an act of the will. And this is how it works. Once you choose to forgive, you declare it. And it's important, I think, to do this out of your mouth so that Satan actually hears your declaration. He may be holding you and tormenting you on the bitterness. He needs to know that you're letting go of it to God. And when you do that, Satan loses the power over you in that particular area and God will then begin to heal your damaged emotions. But so often we want the feelings first, fuzzy feelings toward a person who has hurt us. That doesn't often happen. Feelings will come and they should come later, maybe a lot later down the line. But you've got to first choose to forgive. Corrie Ten Boon was a wonderful woman. You've maybe watched the film or read the book No Hiding Place. And she learned um, in Ravensbrück uh, concentration camp where some of her close family died Um, She learned what it was to truly forgive. Most of us have never gone through circumstances like hers. And yet she says, out of that life experience, listen, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Again, on another occasion, she said, God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. And I don't know whether you know her story, but one time as she was preaching in the United States, She actually had occasion to meet one of the uh, Nazi officers who was so cruel in tormenting her sister Betsy and probably contributed to her death. 
And that man had since become a Christian. And he offered her her hand and asked for her forgiveness. And in that moment, she didn't have it in her heart. She said that. But she asked for God to give her his love for that gentleman. And she said in that moment, the love of God came. And she was able by an act of her will to forgive. But she had to act on what God had given her. And what God had done for her. She said on another occasion, forgiveness is an act of the will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Wow. It's an act of the will and we can activate our wills regardless of the temperature of our heart. So let's ignore our emotions for a while when it comes to forgiveness. Not in totality. We don't ignore emotions. But in that necessary preliminary step of the will, you need to ignore the fickle nature of your feelings and say I'm going to choose to obey God and do what's right I'm going to choose to forgive this person a fifth misunderstanding is although we and this sounds contradictory to my last point but although we don't have to wait on our feelings in order to forgive forgiveness much must touch the heart if feeling is to come in the depth now what I mean by that is It's important not to suppress your feelings. So if your feelings are that of anger, pain, shame, whatever, it's important to allow those to come out because when we suppress them and push them down, we're actually saying, God, you're not getting hold of this. But when we allow them to come up, we're actually offering them up to the Lord, releasing them to him, getting rid of them and getting free. And it's often very helpful to see Jesus on the cross as he was there taking our sins like a sponge. He's soaking our sins from us. He's receiving the curse of all our sin. And by that there can be this great exchange where we receive his life, his healing and wholeness. So as you let your emotions come up, no matter what they are, let them come up and out and offer them up to Jesus to take them and replace them with his love, his life, his shalom, peace and wholeness very often there is a layer of ice over a reservoir of tears in our hearts and what we need to do is allow the Lord Jesus to bore a hole into the ice and allow the tears to spring up again stop pushing it down because eventually like the mess behind the closed doors it will seep out in other ways in brokenness but in the wonderful lordship of jesus as he rules and reigns over our lives as we submit to him allow in that safe place your emotions to come out so that jesus may heal you there's great power in forgiveness great power to heal to release from bondage to set free let me share this little story with you and i have permission to share this again i was preaching on one occasion and there was ministry afterwards and there was a A lady who I'd ministered to before, especially around the area of forgiveness, because she had had a lot of uh, harm done to her and she was traumatized from those things. And she was one of these people who was very black and white, you know, uh, a straight kind of person. And so she was angry at the injustice that was um, meted out towards her in her life. And I could see again that the bitterness had got hold of her and she, she... she eventually confessed to that but before that there was a wrestling that we were doing with a demonic force that was manifesting itself actually obvious in obvious ways and she was able to see how that that demonic entity was 
And um, she was relaying this to me, but no matter how much we prayed and commanded her to go, it wouldn't go. And then I, I felt to ask her the obvious thing, but I didn't really want to ask her because it seemed too um, in your face to where we had been with her in previous journeys. But I said, is there somebody you need to forgive? And it actually happened that that previous week, um, something had resurfaced because she'd seen that an individual that had harmed her in the past. And here's just a lesson for you. Listen to that still small voice and no matter how stupid it might sound or how obvious, uh, as long as it's, it's safe and you've weighed it up in your heart, go for it uh, and trust the Lord. So we, we explored that and I, I asked her, are you ready to forgive that person? At least de- declare forgiveness. And we had wrestled with this demonic force for it must have been a half an hour or so. And all of a sudden when she said, I'm ready to forgive, and she declared forgiveness in prayer, well, I was ready again to, to do the wrestling and to command these spirits to go and to see the, the, the woman completely set free. But you know what happened? When we started to address that spiritual demonic force, nothing happened. And I thought, what's going on here now? Has it gone under? Has it gone into hiding? Uh, I didn't know what to think. But then I realized that it must have been the Lord prompting me I realized that actually when she had taken that step of forgiveness those spirits lost authority over her and they left immediately. Now that's not always the way it happens let me tell you that. But that's the way it happened that day and it and it served to show me the incredible power of forgiveness to set us free. So let me encourage you Will you take the step of forgiveness? I have some prayers here that that you can use and I would encourage you to utilize them as we pause just now. But do you have someone you need to forgive before you launch further into prayer ministry? Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive God? Or release resentment toward God. Do you need to understand afresh what true forgiveness is? It's not forgetting. Stop trying to do that. Stop trying to escape pain but actually face it. It's not letting people off the hook. It's putting them onto God's. It's giving them over to God. But it's it's acknowledging that this unforgiveness could be doing more harm to you probably is than anyone else. It's not a feeling. It's an act of your will. And you need to surrender up all those feelings, adverse feelings to the Lord and let him begin that process of healing. But it starts with an act of the will. So here's an example of a forgiveness prayer that you can use or an amended version of it. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness which Jesus purchased for me at the cross. I fully embrace it by faith and choose to release myself into the freedom of your forgiveness. I confess holding myself in judgment over my past sins and mistakes whenever you have declared me completely forgiven. Please release me from all false guilt and shame and all the condemnation of the devil. Father, I am sorry for blaming you for anything bad that has happened in my life for the times I thought you would let me down. I don't understand the difficult things that have happened in my life and the lives of those I love and perhaps I never will. But I choose to trust you and believe that you love me more than I could ever imagine. I declare that you would never ever want to harm me. Please forgive me for any resentment or bitterness towards you and set me free from the consequences of this attitude towards you.
Father, as you have forgiven me in Christ, by an act of my will, I freely choose to forgive all who have ever harmed or wronged me. Especially I forgive and get the person or yourself to name this individual for what they did or failed to do and try to get them without going into too much detail unnecessarily to actually name what they did and the way that it made them feel, express their emotions without reservation to God. I release to you any sense of entitlement to revenge and I let go of all my bitterness and resentment. I ask you to heal my damaged emotions and set me free from any way the enemy has kept me in bondage through unforgiveness. Also, I ask you to bless these people whom I have forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you for these great truths and help us not to be hearers of the word but not doers and help us to walk in the freedom of your law of love and forgiveness towards others so that we may abide in that love that you do lavish on us continually but we may enjoy it as we can offer offer continual forgiveness to others and remain in your love help those that are listening to this who want to help others but they need help themselves lord we're all in that category from time to time and lord we just pray that the blessing of the gospel of christ would be upon all and all that we minister to in jesus name amen